Welcome back to the Too Much Curb podcast. This is Michael Santos, your host, coming with all of the hottest takes of someone who is watching Formula One for the second year, making me the most credible source for information, of course. So, yeah, welcome back. We have a... This is the first of a doubleheader. Um, what unfortunately is going to probably end up being the most boring doubleheader um, of all time. And then right after that, we have Monaco um, the week after. So May is shaping out to be <laughs> not that exciting. But nonetheless, it's Formula One. So I can't complain. I've never seen a Monaco before, Monaco GP, so I'm still excited. There's still the um, the show that comes with it, you know, and it's a hard track to drive in. So I think that what we'll get the most entertainment from with Monaco is going to be the qualifying uh, portion of it. But we're not talking about Monaco today. No, <laughs> we're talking about Portuguese, the Portuguese GP. Yeah, the race was terrible. It's not it's so weird because the track is so cool. There's so much like like the elevation changes are so crazy. With city circuits, you get the blind corners, you get them in the horizontal plane. Like Baku, you've got those um you've got those walls that are keeping you from seeing where you're turning into. And this track, I I Forgive me, I forget what the name of the track is, but going up and down, like, you, you get a vertical blind spot, and that's really cool. The track is like a roller coaster. I, I saw the on-track um, guide that Lewis Hamilton did, where he analyzed his pole lap for, for, from 2020, and damn... <laughs> Uh, that's scary, man. That's scary because you're accelerating, you're approaching the exit the, uh, of the turn, and you don't see where you're going. And he's saying like, "Oh, you're just hoping that, you know, you're in clear air when you leave there. You know, if somebody spun there and like, or something, you know, they don't they don't tell you um, over the radio, it, you can find yourself in a very bad situation." But you know that's why they're they're Formula One drivers, and I'm not. Um, so, but yeah, it wasn't great for racing. The track was a bit of a roller coaster, and like a roller coaster, it seemed to just kind of just play out on rails. I thought that heading into this was there was going to be some accidents, um, some more spins, and probably maybe having it right after Imola, which is another track that is very punishing doesn't have like all the runoffs and all that kind of stuff that comes with with these uh tilk tracks um yeah i thought that i was going to i thought it was going to be a bit more exciting but it it really wasn't it was really disappointing um it was a very 2020 race you know lewis got the win verstappen and bottas behind it just felt very 2020 it felt like i was watching last year you know this isn't the racing that i was promised at the beginning of the year what the hell the first two races were sick i thought max verstappen and lewis hamilton were going to be fighting every track (laughs) 
that didn't happen. What the hell? But nevertheless, um, there are some highlights. You know, um, I really liked Lewis's overtake on Bottas. I'm like, damn, that was that was sick. That was clean around the outside. And then I saw a bunch of other overtakes at turn one that were also sick. I think that just that corner is just super cool. Because when you when you see the onboard, you know, a lot of tracks, first corner is like a hairpin or like, you know, something something they have to take in like second gear. Um, but this one is like a very quick, like, tra, like <laughs> just like that. You know, you're supposed to see what I'm doing with my hands right now. Tra! <laughs> you know, it's just a quick right turn. I like that a lot. I like those. Those are really cool turns. But yeah, there was a lot of really cool overtakes. Um, I think Alonzo over Ricardo was another uh, cool one that I saw. I think I I think I saw Ocon um, overtaking somebody there, but I could just be imagining Alonzo again. But yeah, but that that overtake on Bottas was really great. I was I was thinking about it. I think Bottas is in a lot of compilations for greatest overtakes because he doesn't know how to defend very well. You know, he doesn't have the racecraft that Lewis Hamilton does. He just kind of more depends on the the speed of the car, and he's fantastic during qualifying. That's you know he got he got um pole position this last ra- uh, last race. Didn't make any difference in the end, but. Yeah, he's he's good over a lap. He's not very good in traffic or stopping people from passing him. But the race ended up that their Max and Valtteri were making pit stops to get the fastest lap in the end. And any time that there's a gap so massive that you can just get new tires with no problem without worrying about being overtaken. Yeah, you typically the race isn't great, you know. So far that I've seen. There there might be there's probably some examples of last year that like Elite Crow with, you know, with the uh, the leaders are you know pitting for tires to get fastest lap, but the midfield is absolutely nuts. But even the midfield in this race wasn't that great. But um yeah, Max continues his fight with track limits. Gets him again right there at the end. And it did look like, you know, when they were showing the thing, it was like he, he went a bit wide. And I, I was hearing that it was because of, like, the wind. But, you know, still he went wide, he went wide. And it got him, I think he only beat his time by, like, one one-hundredth of a second. Beat Valtteri's time. But, yeah, he was not happy. Did you, did you guys see that interview afterwards? It was like, oh, they're, like, saying... So it turns out your lap was actually deleted. He's like, oh, that's funny because I, there is no, that this is my, <laughs> is this my Dutch accent? I don't, he does, oh, fuck, I don't know how to do a Dutch accent. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. He's like, he's like, that's funny because there was no track limits at 14. And how are we still having this? This is a new thing this year, is it not? Like, I, I think there was, like, a couple times last year where they're, like, people were getting, like, lap times deleted. But them telling people, like, hey, there's no track limits this weekend. It, what? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. 
that's just silly. I wasn't paying enough attention to turn number 14 to see if other drivers were also getting away with going pretty wide there, but I don't think that's the case. But anyway, um, going on to the rest of the grid, the Alpines were very quick. That, so that's cool. You know, maybe we'll see a bit more. Maybe they're getting their stuff together. Ocon was very racy all weekend, keeping up with the pack. He had the juice. You know, we saw some great racing from him. Um, and Alonso at the end, making great overtakes at the end there. It was really cool. He passed Ricardo and he passed Sainz and he's like, who's next? <laughs> he was gunning them down. But it was nice to see them um, get together. It Get it together for this weekend. We'll see if it translates to anywhere else. Because so far they've been pretty toothless. Um, same with Aston Martin. Aston Martin are significantly worse off, I think. They didn't... Vettel made it to Q3 this this um, this race, but I don't even know where he finished. I don't think he finished in the points. Let's see. Port, Portuguese GP results. I should probably have this up, especially when the race finished a couple days ago. <laughs> I'm supposed to know what exactly happened. Um, where did he finish? Where is his name? Uh, he finished 13th. Yeah, he didn't finish in the points. He started 10th and finished 13th. And That car's slow, Ming. car's real slow. Lance Stroll finished out of the points, too. They're, they're not looking great. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm surprised I didn't hear... I didn't hear... I haven't heard... It's, it's really weird. Maybe I haven't been paying attention, but... I feel like there wasn't a lot of news between... Imola uh, Grand Prix and the Portuguese Grand Prix. Um, it's all been pretty, pretty lukewarm as far as anything happening um, outside of the races. You know, so I don't know. I can't think of anything that exciting that happened outside of of this race. Okay, so before I just end up sitting here on the computer looking for news to talk about, <laughs> talk about, uh, let's continue talking a little bit about um, the race. Um, McLaren, they looked great. Lando Norris is exceeding all expectations. I don't think that anyone would have predicted Lando getting um, best of the rest so many times he finished fifth on Sunday a lot of people were thinking he was going to get smashed by Ricardo I didn't really agree with that and if you listen to um to my um my f second episode I, I talked about predictions for for the year and I I, th I think that Lando I mean I thought that Ricardo's going to beat Lando but I don't think he's going to get obliterated by him and that might still be the case Daniel kicked out of Q3 or Q1 that was incredibly disappointing I don't I don't I really don't know what happened there I don't know I didn't hear what happened um it, it, I think that oh, actually you know I did hear something that he got one of the turns wrong and it kind of like 
killed him and he spent the rest of his lap trying to keep up with that and make up for it because he was fast during practice he was fast during the race obviously yeah it just didn't work for qualifying for him but he made up for it you know he bounced up from 16th to 9th you can't ask for you can't ask for more than that and apparently i mean we're only three races in so let's not jinx it let's we'll knock on wood here but mclaren are the only ones that have had both drivers finishing in the points every race so far so that's a great stat you know what i mean um ricardo is in at 100 percent right now obviously but um still that's 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 still a lot more than you can say for a lot of these new drivers that are in their in their seats you know and i, and I last talked about last episode so i'm not going to spend too much time on that but yeah, very little, very little practice time, getting used to a new car. Um, you know, it's 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 to be expected. But he did great this this weekend, uh, and especially when it comes to a track being as punishing as this one is, I think that he was in a much better spot. I think with the last last week with with the rain, and that combined with how the track is it, it made it for a difficult um time but i think this time he did pretty well i think everybody did pretty well like i said there wasn't really any accidents there was kimmy kimmy had made a very uncharacteristic mistake um not the very ice man of him i don't know why i use an eastern european accent for everybody forgive me i'm sorry <laughs> Kimmy just kind of looks like this. And I think he, he after the race, he was like, yes, it was not a very ideal situation. And when he ran into the back of Geo, it was just really weird. I don't know what, what happened there. It just, it just reminds me of like when I'm racing and I'm like trying to scroll through like the MFD or something like that online. Or I mean, when I'm racing on the computer and looking up and realizing I've missed my turn, but they don't get the benefit of doing going backwards or whatever. Um, uh, Sonoda was is kind of anonymous at the moment. I think that something that was talked about um, a bit between the races is Sonoda going on about um, that he's kind of bite trying to bite off a little more than he can chew, trying to over promising over so what sort of I'm looking for over over exerting himself and ending up underperforming because of how much he's over exerting and he ends up making mistakes spins etc etc so he finished 15th looks like this weekend which is not fantastic at all that's terrible um but you know he's a rookie he'll he'll get used to it I don't think he's ever raced on this track before. And like I said, it's a very complicated track. It's to be expected. I think that we're going to see Yuki really jump up and really make more of an impact. Because, you know, he made that first impact in Bahrain. And, and 
uh, I feel like we've seen little moments of brilliance from him, but yeah, I think he needs to just kind of slow down a little bit and uh, kind of ease in more to more to his seat. I know that I know that Red Bull is a very I know that Red Bull is a very I don't want to say toxic. <laughs> it's a very demanding organization to be a part of. Obviously, not all drivers can do it. I mean, we have drivers on the grid right now who purposely moved away from Red Bull and Daniel and uh, Carlos Sainz and and Vettel, but Vettel was that's a different story. They they won. He won them four four championships. But I mean, still, and we have. They just chewed and spit out two more guys in Gasly and Albon. Gasly's, thank God, still has a driving seat. Albon is the uh, backup driver, and I think he's driving for DTM. I think that's the name of the series. But yeah, I, I can I can totally understand. You know, with when it comes to Yuki or Sergio to really want to hone in and deliver great performances and Sergio Perez did a great job this this weekend too drove 53 laps on mediums wowee (laughs) but that's what he's known for he's known for conserving his tires it was really funny when uh he was running at first because he hadn't pitted yet and then Lewis just goes blue flag (laughs) he's like nope nope you're racing him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like what there's two red bulls what <laughs> but yeah uh so moving on to another rookie uh mick schumacher he's looking great he had that overtake on uh latifi that's pretty awesome especially considering that Haas is significantly worse than williams right now even though that williams was a dog this weekend too Latifi didn't have the race pace this past this past weekend, and George Russell, while he qualified 18th, um, he dropped like a freaking rock. God, no, no, did I say 18th? He qualified 11th. He finished 16th, but he man, he dropped like a rock, like hard. And at first, I was like, man, George Russell getting into 11th place, and you know. Not being able to make anything happen. That's like, we've seen it like several times. But yeah, that car wasn't great in traffic. But I see, that's why, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm an expert. I, I'm, I'll joke around that I am. And I talk, I talk in front of a microphone, just giving my little hot takes. You know what I mean? Just from, <laughs> just from somebody who's new to the sport, who watches this casually, you know, who really likes the sport. But... Can can someone explain to me why that'll happen? Okay, this weekend, like if he's in dirty air, that he like falls apart. And last weekend, not last weekend, but Imola, he he was like up Valtteri Bottas's ass, w- about to pass, and then they had that accident. So I don't understand. Like I know that they changed some aerodynamic things, like. Um, 
we race to race and yeah it, the answer probably is very simple that they had a very different uh aerodynamic setup um but i don't know i guess they just need to scrap this one so so is it something that you should expect to see from williams for the rest of the season i don't think so it doesn't make sense to me right but i don't know i'm just I'm just some guy. I'm just some, I'm just some guy watching Formula One. You know what I mean? They got they fast cars. They just go around the track. I just you know, I just like seeing them go real fast. <laughs> and what about our other rookie, Maze Spin? <laughs> he didn't spin this week. Well, he spun during practice, but he didn't spin uh, during the race. And I was almost I was almost disappointed. But. Uh, <laughs> He blocked Sergio Perez. He screwed up there. He apologized, though. I'm not going to give him too much shit for that. But um, something I did want to kind of talk about, though, is what I find to be the dumbest idea ever. That so, if you notice during the race, they didn't announce who the driver driver of the day was. Okay, and. All over Twitter, all over Reddit, people were like, vote for Mazepin, vote for Mazepin as driver of the day to, I don't know, stick it to, stick it to the FIA or Formula One. Can, please explain to me where that makes sense. Okay, so they've we've had joke drivers of the day before, like uh, Hulk last season. They accidentally showed that he was winning driver of the day where he didn't even start the race that he was being voted in. Okay. It happens. You know what I mean? And voting for Mazepin, as much as, I, as stupid as it is, you know, like we'll come back to that. But people are saying like, oh, they didn't award. They didn't show you as driver of the day. We're just going to keep this going until they do. So they see how much we hate him. It's like, okay. All right, logically, where where does this work out? Because they're all they're going to do is continue not showing the, who the driver of the day was. And afterwards, they said, oh, driver of the day was Paris. And Paris did great. Okay, Paris did awesome. He was not, I don't think, I don't think that people voted for him driver of the day. Just like last time, they said that Lewis Hamilton won driver of the day. And I'm like, no, Hamilton's great, but people don't usually vote for him for driver of the day because he wins every weekend. So I don't, I, I'm just not getting where, um, where this makes sense because what they're, they're going to see that he's just clogging this up. And if anything, they'll just take it away. You know what I mean? They'll just get rid of it or just go to the voting page and he's not even there. What'll probably more likely to be ha to happen it's just like such a stupid thing. It's it's like I think that yes, we can, you know, it could be hashtag we say no to Mazepin and that having him in the sport isn't great. And he is terrible. He finished a minute behind everybody else. He is an awful driver. His performance is speaking for itself. This little I don't know what even what to call it. Is it even a pro like a this protest that's going on? I think it's, I think it's silly. 
it's like, do I want, like, what do, what do we want to happen to show that Mazepin won driver of the day? Some casual fan who's going to watch and doesn't seem, and, and doesn't, um, follow F1 or know why people hate Mazepin could see that and be like, oh man, this guy's finishing in last, but you know, fans are really supportive. You know, I don't know. And it's stupid. It's a stupid award. It's just, it's not even worth getting worked up over. And I'm honestly not. I just, I'm just genuinely curious why this is a thing. You know, I think that, I think it's cool to have some fan interaction in a race. And I think that this is a really good way to give it without the Formula E stuff, which which if you don't know what Formula E does, they have this thing called Fan Boost. And forgive me, I don't know the total details of this, but the uh, the the fans will vote on a racer and that race car driver will get like something like a 5 second let's call it ERS to make them go faster for 5 seconds. That is dumb. <laughs> I don't understand that. And, you know, I don't watch Formula E, so I, I'm just speaking out of turn. But, hey, this is the Too Much Curb podcast. This is how it works. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think that's really dumb. But I think Driver of the Day is really cool. I think that drivers who nor- normally wouldn't get the time of day, you know, um, they're not on the podium. They're not winning races. I think it's cool to see that the fans see what you did and appreciated it. You know, I think that somebody like Alonzo, I, yeah, somebody like Alonzo, I think would have been a perfect person to give it to. I think that Ricardo also deserved it for going from 16th to 9th. I also think that probably Lando Norris um, deserved it too, just for holding out for this long. You know, uh, Sergio Perez, sure, too. Why not? You know, I'm not, I'm not super upset that they gave it to him. It, like I said, it doesn't even mean anything. But, you know, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And I think that we can, we can protest Mazepin, but at the same time, like, this is doing nothing. It's not doing anything except, except getting, getting, just ruining a, a part of the race that I personally, I like seeing who gets that. You know, anyway, enough about that. Honestly, but honestly, there, this race was so plain and so it was, it was a very run of the mill race. I don't, I'm not going to say it was boring. It's still formula one and I'm not looking forward to next week. The only solace that I have in the Spanish in a lot of the times, if you're not familiar, the Spanish GP, Besides the track not being the best place for racing, something else that is bad about the Spanish GP is that these drivers have done so much testing there, okay? And since they've done so much testing, like, they know this track like the back of their hand. There is no Imola, there is no Portuguese GP of being new with the track, you know? Um... So, very little mistakes are made. Everybody knows exactly what they need to do. They know the exact setup that they need. 
is just not typically a good time. But they didn't test there this year. They tested in Bahrain. And it was a very short testing period. So we have a lot of new... Um, we have a lot of new drivers and new cars. So, and everybody's got new packages this year. So maybe it'll make it a little more exciting. But I'm not going to hold my breath. I remember last year that uh, the Spanish Grand Prix and Saatchi were the two worst races of last year. Um, but yeah, I, I and you know what? <laughs> Funny too, I mentioned last week or last race, last podcast, that I've never been to the St. Pete Grand Prix. It's called the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, I believe. It's an IndyCar race here in the city where I live in. I said, I need to kind of go out and see it sometime. And what ended up happening is it was last weekend. So really worked itself out. out. It was really weird. It's been really weird with COVID because you never know when it's going to be. It's usually held in March, I believe. It's the first car, uh, race of the IndyCar season. I don't follow IndyCar at all, um, but it was really fun to go see. I insisted on going both days. Um, it's actually three days. The first day is a lot of uh, practice, but I went. we went the second and third day, um, and the second day is a lot of qualifying and other races. So I wanted to see like all of the classes of races because I've never been before. It was really cool to see it live. It was really neat. That first day, um, too, they have, like, super trucks were freaking amazing. Those are awesome. They're, like, driving, like, they're on three wheels. They put ramps in the middle of the racetrack. There's a way to make your race a little more exciting. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. They had the MX-5 Cup. And ironically, the MX-5s were so much louder than anything else. They had, like, uh, they had Indy Lights. They had Indy Car. Um, they had, like, USF 2000. They had the Super Trucks. Nothing was as loud as those um, MX-5s. And since they're not, like, since these cars aren't based on, like, aerodynamics like Formula 1 is, and other reasons, too, the racing is super close. A lot of times that the slower the car is, the better the racing is. I've noticed and I've heard other people say. Um, I don't know how true it is, but I've seen it true in a lot of cases. And IndyCar was a lot of fun. The race was super cool. It's very weird seeing only one section of the track. And how it, work, how it worked for the St. Pete Grand Prix is that... You can buy the grandstand seating, which is probably more ideal, but it's it was three times the price of like just the regular um, regular tickets. And the regular tickets you is basically for anywhere else on the track. Typically, like the second sector. I don't know if it was the second sector, but it was. I'm guessing between second and third sector. And you can walk around to different turns. So that's what we would do. We would, we're in a spot where like right behind us, probably like 50 feet away was one part of the track. 
and then the other part was another. So we we're able to see different spots of the track while the race is going. And there was only one screen in the area, um, and it was only on one side. So when you're watching the rest of the race, you're like, it's really hard to keep track of who's winning, who's who, what's going on. If there was an accident on another part of the track, uh, what the pitch strategy is, all of that stuff. Um, so I brought up the stream on my phone while we're watching the race. Uh, but that was an interesting experience. I think that I think that seeing it in grandstands is probably the most ideal thing. You can see the pit lane. You can see who's winning. And they have the vast majority of screens over there. And, you know, all the loudspeakers saying, like, who's who? Who's on whatever? So really cool experience. No idea what the hell was going on uh, besides what I was looking at. Um, it was neat to see. Um, it was Colton Herta. I believe that's what his name is. Herta is definitely his last name. I'm pretty sure that his his first name is Colton. <laughs> he was in first. He started on pole. First the whole time. But that second place guy, I don't remember who it was. But he, 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 he was fighting pretty hard towards the end of the race. And that was, you know, that was fun to see. You know, he probably like the last for last eighth of the race Colton Colton pulled away pretty pretty hard but um yeah it was a lot of fun I said I was gonna follow like I, I really should probably follow IndyCar but they just had a race in Texas this last weekend and I didn't watch either um I didn't watch that one it's just it's a lot of time uh to do it I maybe I'll it'll be one of those things where I'll just check out um when it comes through but yeah, that's that's really all I had to say for this weekend. Um, not great, not a great race, but you know it had its moments. I'm hoping that I'm wrong about the Spanish Grand Prix. I hope it's great. I hope it's awesome. And yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.